0: Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Thank you for inviting me, Uh, and it's uh, just such a, a joy and an honor to be here with you guys. I'm really excited to be here. I can just sense that, that God is doing something in, in your church. Uh, and it's really exciting to, to, that I can just be <laughs> come and visit you guys. So, yeah, as, as uh, Matthew said, I'm um, Paola. I'm married to Anna, who has th- three children. Samuel, who is seven. Eleanor who is five. And Aviel, she is uh, two, two and a half. And, um, wow, more lights. Wonderful. Now you can see me. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so as, as Matthew shared, I'm from Sweden, from Her, the great city of Her, in the middle of Skåne. Uh, my, my wife is Danish, she's from Copenhagen, so we lived in Copenhagen at the time. We were part of a wonderful church there. But, but so we moved here to Malmö six years ago. We didn't really know any, anyone. And, um, to, to actually start a new church, to plant a church. And I'll tell you a little bit about that story later. Um, But when we moved here, um, we actually lived in Malmö for a whole year before we actually started doing any churchy things. So we lived here, we prayed, uh, we sought God and tried to discern what to do. And we also got to know a lot of people to just get a feel for the city, etc. And then we visited different churches, a few different churches. Uh, And we visited C3 Church um, back in the day, about six years ago. And it was a wonderful experience. And I remember when we came, there was this very, very f- friendly guy at the door. He was uh, very smiling, very welcoming, uh, uh, just a wonderful person and very handsome. Uh, he was a South African. His name was Matthew. Um, and yeah, you know, give him a hand. Um, and and he was also the one leading the meeting back then. Uh, and I remembered, wow, that's a great guy. And then we, we only had Samuel at the time, so I went out to kids' church. And there was this other wonderful South African woman this time, a very gifted woman, a very, very compassionate, welcoming. Um, uh, her name was Christelle. Um, yeah, I'll give her a hand. So, um, but I remember already back then, I saw, I, I saw the, this couple, and I, I, I thought to myself, wow, this is a wonderful couple. They have such such a gift of, of leadership on their lives. Uh, and I thought, wow, these, these guys could be leading a church. These guys, they're, they're, a, great, they're a great couple and a great family. And they had such a passion for Jesus. Uh, and, and they were hospitable. They were friendly. They had faith, great faith. And God ha- had already done many miracles in their lives, as maybe you have heard. Um, and so, so when I heard that c three you guys uh, were getting these guys as pastors um, was it a few months ago half a year ago? I was super excited I was super excited, but I could just sense that God had something great in store for c three church in mama um, so I'm, I'm really excited uh, I'm honored to be here to speak um, to, to um, but I, I just wanted to be very, make it very clear for you guys, if, if it's your first time here, or this is your church home, uh, I just wanted to make, make it very clear, uh, Matthew and Christelle, they're a treasure, they're a treasure, uh, and you need to take care of them, you need to look after them, you should pray for them, I just encourage you, pray for your leaders, uh, help them, support them, love them, um, because they're hardworking, they're hardworking, uh, and I can tell you, I've... I don't have a that long experience, but I have a little bit of experience in, in, let's say, spiritual leadership, and I can say uh, it can be very difficult, very tough. So they need all the love, the support uh, they can get. Um, make their job easy because I can tell you they they work very hard for you guys. So so just support them, love them, uh, love their kids, and make their job easy. That was sort of the that was not part of the. Teaching, but maybe that was the most important thing I wanted to say today. So let's get into the teaching. So, so the title of today's message is, In Malma as it is in heaven, as you've been um, hearing for a few weeks now. And what a wonderful phrase, what a wonderful phrase. When Matthew shared it over lunch a few weeks ago, I was just, wow, what a beautiful vision statement. And I was really honoured when when uh, Matthew asked me to to come and share a few words here today. So um, on that topic, so maybe it'll be sort of a review of what you've already heard. I don't know, but um, let's pray, Heavenly Father. I just thank you that we can come before you today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you are doing in our lives, in our city. And thank you, Jesus, that you also taught us to pray uh, a simple prayer. And the Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come and move and let us hear what we need to hear. Speak to us clearly today for what we all need to hear. And let's pray the prayer that that Jesus himself taught us to pray from Matthew uh, chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. ...on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. Sound effects. Okay, let's do it again from the start. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done... ...on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread... ...and forgive us our debts... ...as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation... ...but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. In Mamma as it is in heaven... Wonderful. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're here today and you don't feel like heaven is very close by. Maybe heaven feels kind of far away. Um, so Jesus tells us that we, we should pray that the will of God is done here as it is done in heaven. But maybe you feel like, oh, I, I don't feel very, very well. Um, maybe you don't feel very holy or very happy. So what Jesus tells us this so that we, we can get a taste of heaven but maybe you feel like you haven't really tasted heaven lately. Maybe you've been through a rough season. Um, spiritually, maybe relationally, maybe financially, emotionally. Um, feels like depression and anxiety is like a pandemic that is everywhere. And you might feel like, okay, I, I want heaven. I want the kingdom of heaven to come into my life, into my family but maybe it feels far away. Sometimes it feels like that for, for all of us. And life can just feel like, like a struggle. Life can feel like a big struggle. And we, uh, where I'm from in the Vineyard Movement, we have a, a number of, of sayings, like one liners, to help us understand God and, and life and, and what life is about. And one of the sayings, one of the one liners we use is the now and the not yet of the kingdom. The now and the not yet of the kingdom. Am I doing something wrong? No. The now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. So I'll try to explain what that means. Because that's the reality. The kingdom of God is here now. It can be here now. Uh, but it's not here in this full, it's in the, in the full form. So so what does Jesus tell us to pray? Your, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the kingdom of God is often not here, the will of God is often not done on this earth. That's why we need to pray it. For the most part, the will of God is not done, I think, in our lives and in society as a whole. And you might be asking, why, why is there a war in Ukraine? Why is there an earthquake in Syria and Turkey? Why, why, is, there, why is my life a mess? Uh, why am I, my health? Why is my health poor? Uh, Why is my financial situation bad? Why am I miserable? And I think one, one of the answers to that question is because the will of God is not done. The will of God is not done. The kingdom of God is not here in its fullest. And Jesus came to save and to heal and to restore the lost. Jesus died for you and he rose again. And Jesus defeated death itself. Amen. Yes. So we are forgiven. We are forgiven. And we get to be a part of God's big family. So Jesus fought the ultimate battle against Satan himself. And Jesus won on the cross. Jesus won. Jesus died and rose again. And that's what we celebrate. uh, Why we come together every Sunday. uh, To just celebrate what Jesus has done for us. So Jesus won the ultimate battle. But... The war is still going on. Jesus has won the war. has fought the most important battle. But the war is still going on. The spiritual war is still going on in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our world. The war is still going on. That's why we need to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. And, and it's a little bit like, like the Second World War. Uh, that was a terrible war. Just like the current war in Ukraine, a terrible, terrible war. So much death and destruction. But there was one decisive moment uh, during the Second World War when everything changed, when, when sort of something significant happened. And, and the Allied troops had prepared for months and months and months. But then the, the day came, D-Day came, and the Allied troops landed in northern France, the British, uh, the Canadians, the, the Americans, maybe some, I don't know, all the nations who landed. The, and there was a terrible battle, terrible battle, Thousands of soldiers died on D-Day, when the Allied troops landed on, on, uh, in, in France. But the Allied won. They, they won the battle. And on that day, from that day onwards, the outcome of the war was decided. The outcome of the Second World War was decided. Germany would lose the war. It was clear. But from that day, D-Day, there was a whole year of fighting. Whole year of battles. Many people died wounded. And terrible destruction until the war actually ended and Germany surrendered in 1945. And it is a little bit like that with the kingdom of God. Jesus has won the ultimate battle. The battle is won. The war is won. But there is still fighting going on. There's still a spiritual battle. And we need to understand that. Because otherwise life will not really make sense. Otherwise we will not understand why life can be difficult sometimes, and and just like D-Day, what God did and what Jesus did came at a great cost, and the great cost was the life of Jesus Christ Himself as He died on the cross. And we, if if we don't understand that we're in a war, we we, we will not understand. We will not. Why, why there's suffering, why there's loneliness, why there's sickness. Um, and actually, that we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And the Bible says the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. Steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy our relationships, our health, our happiness, our joy, our environment. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And That's why we need to pray the prayer. So God is, the kingdom of God can, can come in part as we pray, as God breaks through. God, the kingdom of God breaks through. The kingdom of heaven breaks through in our lives. We get a taste of heaven. And then we see something happens. Something beautiful happens. Relationships are restored. Hope, uh, healing takes place. Sometimes that happens. And that's wonderful. But the kingdom is, of God is the now and the not yet. We live in the time In between. In between between the return of Jesus when he will come back and restore creation to what it's supposed to be. And that's why we need to pray. And and, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, uh, the famous chapter on love, it says, For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So now we can get glimpses of heaven, glimpses of heaven. And that's why we need to pray and, and, and work with God uh, to sort of see the kingdom of God break through in our lives. So let me tell you just a little bit about my story. i will not share the whole story, that will uh, take too long. Uh, but just a, a few glimpses. Uh, about seven years ago, Anna and I, we lived in Copenhagen. Um, Denmark, we had just uh, got married, we had gotten our first son, Samuel, um, and I was working uh, as a doctor at the time, and Anna just graduated as an um, international medical, no, international social worker. And, and we wanted to serve God, we wanted to do something for God, something significant, but we didn't know what or where, or we were sort of um, clueless. But we were sensed that God was calling us into something new. So we decided to go actually travel across the world to Australia. Anyone from Australia here today? No? Quentin? Yeah, yeah, great. I love Australia. Wonderful place. Far away. That's the only problem. Um, So we went there to a youth with a mission base, a mission base where they train missionaries and send out missionaries because we wanted to seek God. It was a wonderful place of worship, intercession, prayer, fellowship. We want to seek God and ask, God, what do you want for us? What can we do? We want to partner with you. We want to see heaven come to earth. We want to see heaven invade earth. The kingdom of God come and break through. And we ask God, where where do you want us to go? And we imagine maybe God will send us. I know us um, have been in in Central America and South America, and maybe God was sending us maybe to to South America or to Africa or um, to Asia somewhere. And we thought, God, where do you want us to go? Uh, And we waited, and, and it started to become a bit frustrating because God didn't really speak. We're just waiting and like, okay, great, great, way to go. But God said nothing. God said nothing for the longest time. But then suddenly, Anna felt God speak very clearly to her. And what did he say? He said, we are to be a family who loves God radically. We are to be a family who receives God's love. We receive his love, we, we enjoy his presence, we sit at the foot of Jesus, enjoy his presence, and then we love God back. And I was, I was like, yes, okay, I know that, right? Okay, what are we supposed to do? What's the task? What are we going to do? Where, where are we going to go? But then nothing. God said nothing. And then it dawned on me, okay, this is it. This is the first task, the highest priority, the highest calling of our lives, and, of your, and your lives as well, to seek first God and the presence of God. Seek Jesus first. Enjoy His presence. Enjoy. Bathe in His love. Be transformed by His love. And that's a bit countercultural. cultural we, We're not really called to, to enjoy God if you walk out to Ascommon in Sweden what, what the meaning of life is. Um, so I just wanted to share two, two things. Two sort of aspects. If we want to see heaven come to earth. If we want to see the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. In Malma as it is in heaven, we do need to do two things. And the first thing is this. We need to stay. We need to stay in the presence of God. We need to seek God first. We need to sit at the foot uh, of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus. In the Bible, there's a story of Mary and Martha. And... Um, and Jesus, as they were gathered, and, and we'll read, I don't know if the scripture is on the wall here, from Luke chapter 10. Great. So, and as we read, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Jesus says, you are worried and upset about many things. I don't know if you can identify with that. I can identify with that. Sometimes I'm I'm, uh, upset. I'm I'm worried and upset about many things. All the things wrong in my own life and what other people have done to wrong me or uh, what's wrong with the government or whatever. (laughs) It's easier to be upset with what is going on. But Jesus says, don't worry. Don't be upset with these things. What, What Mary did was better. Few things are needed, or indeed only one thing is needed, which Mary has chosen, to sit at the feet of Jesus. To sit before Jesus, to sit before the Lord, to enjoy His presence. So if you want the kingdom of God to come, if you want it to be in Malma as it is in heaven, the first thing we need to do is sit before God. We need the presence of God. We need the love of God to transform our lives, our hearts. Because as I said, we are in a spiritual battle, and the battle line goes through our hearts. The battle, it starts with our hearts. And without the presence of God, without the power of God, without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. We cannot really go out and do anything uh, significant, anything that will bring lasting change in this world. So if you, if you want heaven to come to earth, you need to start with yourself and your relationship with God. Before you go out and sort of activist and do, ch- try to change the world. And there's a wonderful song about this. You might have uh, sung it as an old song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yeah, so (laughs) I just want, for me, this is a beautiful, uh, beautiful song, Uh, and it illustrates this. As we turn our eyes upon Jesus, as we look fully in his wonderful face, the things of earth, meaning the earthly things, the earthly worries, the earthly problems will fade away. They will grow strangely dim, because we see Jesus, we see heaven, we see heaven and we need to do this and it's hard i think it's getting harder and harder because there's so many distractions in this world so the question is of course how do we do this how do we do this I, you're running an emotionally healthy spirituality course i think that's wonderful what what do we need to do to seek god first we need to i think we need to pause we need to pause we need to make space for god in our lives i think we need to read our bibles and not our, look our, on our smartphones all the time We need to to pray. We need to be people of prayer. I think we need to prioritize rest. Prioritize the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. Take a day off work. Don't work. Don't check your uh, social media. Don't check your email. Spend time with God. Take a walk in nature. I think we need to prioritize church, the gathering of believers, brothers and sisters in church. We need to worship. We need to sing. Uh, I don't know how you experience God the best, but for me personally, one of the greatest way I experience God is through worship, through singing. I love powerful singing, loud, really loud, um, and often when I'm home, we do it here, it's wonderful, but when I'm home, maybe I pick up the guitar or I just turn on uh, Spotify, a worship playlist uh, on, on the speaker in the living room, especially if I'm alone, and turn it up really loud, and then I just sort of lie face down uh, uh, and just worship, I just worship. And, and often I just cry like a baby <laughs> uh, because the Lord meets with me. Uh, Jesus meets with me as I seek Him, as I praise Him, as I worship Him, the Lord meets with me. And then the problems of the, of the earth, um, the things of earth, as we said, uh, they will grow strangely dim. They, they disappear. Their importance, their significance decreases because I get perspective. So that's the first thing, the first thing we need to do. If we want heaven to come to earth, if we want it to be in Malma as it is in heaven, we need to stay. We need to stay before God. First thing. The second thing, if we want heaven to come to earth, we need to pray the prayer. But the second thing we need to do, we need to go. We need to go. Going back to my story there in Australia, we eventually felt God speak also to me. After he spoke to Anna about but seeking God first and loving him, he spoke also to me. And I sensed God telling us to actually move back halfway across the globe to Sweden, uh, to Malmö, a city that neither Anna or I actually knew very much about, to plant a church, to start a new fellowship of, of Jesus followers, uh, and just to invite everyone to become a part of God's big family. And to me, that made complete sense somehow, uh, to and to Anna, it made no sense at all. It was totally weird because I was a doctor. She was a social worker. We had never been pastors. Uh, sure, we had always been involved in church, but we, we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, and it didn't really make sense. And Anna thought we, God would send us out, send us out, uh, as I said, to some other country to be missionaries. But 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 that's what we are. We are missionaries. We are missionaries here because what does missionary mean? Missionary is... A missionary is that he who is sent. To be missionary is to be sent. And God is actually sending all of us. God is sending us, all of us out into this world on his mission. So we can participate in his mission to transform this world. And let's read from Matthew chapter 28, the famous verses, where Jesus calls us out, calls the disciples out. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus told his disciples to go, as he also is telling us to go, all of us. If we we love Jesus, if we want to follow him, we will go wherever he goes. We will follow him wherever he goes. So for us, it was a difficult season because I felt God has spoken clearly to me, but Anna was not so sure. Uh, And I don't know if you're married. um, Sometimes marriage can be hard. (laughs) Anyone want to share? No, don't do that. Um, but that was, that was, that was a big thing for us because like, yeah, we had, we had given up our apartment. We had no place to live here in in Copenhagen or anywhere. And, and I felt a very clear word from the Lord and I did not hear that. She said, oh, that's a great idea, but I don't think it's for us really. I don't, I'm not so sure. So that then came a long process of prayer and discernment, uh, until we actually moved and actually started doing anything here. And then, of course, begs the question, like, how do you actually start a church? Uh, how do you start a church? It was just the two of us and our, our, uh, our children. Uh, we had no clue. Um, but as we prayed for, like, God, what do you want our church to look like? As we prayed, we, got, we sensed a picture. God was giving us a picture. And it was a picture of a fireplace. Sort of a library, big, big room with a fireplace. And the big family, the extended family gathered around the fireplace. You know, There's hot chocolate. There are some uh, books you can read. There's a dog you can pet. And just a wonderful time, wonderful time together. And then we felt God say very clearly to us, it's time to go out, go out in the streets, in the the squares, um, in the area, in the parks, and invite everyone to become part of my family. And I think that the the fireplace represents God himself, Jesus himself. The, The Holy Spirit is often represented as a fire in the Bible. And I think that's, that's where we gather around. We are the people who gather around Jesus. And we don't know everything. There are many things we don't know. But we know this, that we love Jesus and we want to follow him. So we are the people, we, the church, are the people gathered around Jesus himself. And so God tells us to go. Go out and invite people. And so that's what we, what we, we try to do. And we thought church should be fun, so we did a lot of parties. I know you've done many great things also. I don't know all the stories, but, but we did some parties, barbecue parties. Uh, and if you, if you missed the South African barbecues at Matthew and Christelle's, you're really missing out. I, ho- I hope you've all been to one. It's wonderful. I know you do it very well. But So we tried to do some barbecues and costume parties and, and uh, anything we could think of to gather people, really. Uh, and it was crazy, and it was a lot of fun. And I remember very distinctly, at one of the Christmas parties we had, were, we had uh, quite a f- few Muslims come. And, and there was one Muslim woman, she came to the Christmas party, and she was, she was, ex- she was delighted, it was in our home. Uh, she was so happy, she was so happy, because this was the first time she had ever been invited to a Swedish person's home. The first time she'd ever been invited to a Swedish person's home. Do you know how, how long she'd lived in Malmö for? 18 years. 18 years and never been to a Swedish person. I'm Swedish. I'm not originally from Malmö, but I'm Swedish. So that was the first time, 18 years. She was excited. She felt that was a taste of heaven. That was a taste of heaven to be invited in, to be welcomed, to be welcomed. For me, I was devastated. I was like, "This this can't be true. 18 years. But that's the reality we live in. But that's the thing. We can go and we can partner with God and we can partner with God and work with God to bring heaven to earth so that the will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the thing. We get to play a part. We get to pray the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But not only do we get to pray, we get to partner with God. Uh, And one another of the sayings we have in our sort of my tribe is, is that everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. You're never disqualified for for service for God. You can always serve God in some capacity with your gifting, with your skills, what God has given you. Everyone gets to play. And I read from your website, the C3 is a wonderful website. Where, you, where it says, what you, you try to do, it says, we exist to bring heaven to earth by seeking God's presence daily, intentionally following Jesus, and participating in his redemptive mission. So we get to participate in God's redemptive mission. And that's a lot of fun. Maybe, you feel oh, that sounds difficult, but that's a lot of fun, actually. Because if you look at Jesus, what did Jesus do? He went to parties all the time and did crazy things. Church should not be boring, it should be fun, and following God is, is fun. I think we need to sort of um, break down some of the, the barriers we have about what church should be like, in some sense. Um, and you get to be part of, of actually writing history as you partner with God. And I'm so excited for you as a church uh, and, and your new vision. And so what do you do? As I said, you can you should serve God with whatever gifts you have. Hospitality is one great gift. The gift of hospitality, inviting people, welcoming strangers, throwing parties or whatever you do. And I know some of you are really good at it. My wife is is, is good at it as well. That's one one great way of welcoming people and making people get a sense of what heaven could be like. And that's the thing. Even if if you just move to Malmö, you can actually do that. You can actually invite someone over for coffee. Or, or invite them out on a cafe. You don't have to wait to be included. You can include someone else. We didn't get invited to lots of people when we moved to Malmö. We got invited to Matthew and Christelle, so that was wonderful. But, but we also started to include others. Don't wait to be included, but start, uh, w- uh, go out, um, what's it called, uh, Countercultural. We need to be countercultural. Swedish culture is very, I'm a Swedish, like so I can say that. Swedish culture is very sort of everyone for his or her own, you know, very super individualistic. But that's not the kingdom culture. That's not the kingdom of God. So we can be counter-cultural. Yes, if you're, from, if you're not from Sweden, you know what I'm talking about. Um, don't get me started about the many things wrong with Sweden. But, but, but okay, let me say one other thing. Jantelagen. Okay. God has gifted you with gifts, unique gifts that you can bring to the table, that you can bring to the church. That if you're not serving God, the church is missing out. The world is missing out if you're not using your gifts for the kingdom of God. And that should be celebrated. Our our differences should be celebrated in church and not pushed down. So, okay, I'll I'll draw to a close here. Ben, would you come up? I think... um, Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I was thinking of, of two things um, as I was preparing this message. And, and I think maybe, maybe there are some people here and you are like like Martha, um, that you're worried and upset about many things. You're worried and upset about many things in your life or if in the lives of others. But Jesus says, Only one thing is needed, only one thing is needed, and that is to sit before the Lord, to sit before Jesus, to enjoy His presence, to be transformed by His love. Maybe you feel that life is crowded, life is painful, life is difficult. And you need Jesus in your life. You need the love of Jesus in your life. And if you're bold, I would just encourage you, if you're here and you you feel like that, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if someone here and you feel like you're worried and upset about many things. Just raise your hand. Yes, wonderful. Anyone else? I can, I can identify with that. I'll just pray a simple prayer for us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I thank you for who you are and what you've done. And I thank you, Jesus, that the best thing we can do. You say the best thing we can do, the most important thing we can do is just to sit before you, sit before your th- feet and enjoy your presence. So we ask, come, come, Lord, For all of us who've raised your ha- uh, our hands, uh, come and visit us. There are so many things to be upset about, so many things to be worried about, concerned about, but we want, we want you first. We want to seek you first, Jesus. Come, come. Let it be in our lives as it is in heaven. Let heaven come and invade our lives, Lord. We need it. And second thing, maybe there are people here, and the Lord is telling you to go. The Lord is telling you to go, and you just long for the kingdom of God to come, to break through in your families, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. You want the adventure of following Jesus, of serving Him. And you long to see healing and restoration come. We're not perfect. We will never be perfect. But God can use us anyway. And you want to partake, participate in God's redemptive mission on this world, uh, earth. And you want to see God's will done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Malma, as it is in heaven. Why don't you raise your hand if you want to go. As the Lord says, go, you want to go. Just raise your hand if you feel like, Lord, I'm ready. Use me. Send me wherever you want to send me. Use me. Just raise your hand. And I'll pray for us as well. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. Thank you that the war is won. You are victorious. You have won the ultimate battle. But Lord, we know the war is still going on. The war is not over yet. Use us, Lord. Use us. Send us. Jesus, as you go, we want to go. We want to follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. Lead us, Lord, not in our own strength, but in your strength. Holy Spirit, empower us, empower us as we go. Give us boldness, Lord. Give us strength, Lord. Give us faith, courage. Give us love, love for all the broken, hurting people in this world, Lord. Let heaven come, Lord. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let heaven come. Let it be in Malmö as it is in heaven, and in Lund, and Helsingborg, and Skåne, and and Sweden, and Denmark, and... Lord, we ask, we ask for more, more of your kingdom, Lord. More of your kingdom, Lord. Mm. Yes, Lord.